Worship. Stop it. Here is the thing I can hold it. Here is the thing I can change it. It's already done. Here is the thing I can stop it. Here is the thing I can hold Nothing I can change it. It's already done. You're my victory. You're my victory. Your name is victory. You've already.
can stop you There is nothing that can hold you And there is nothing that can change what you've done You've already won And the victory is yours Yeah, the victory is yours Oh, the victory is yours Oh, the victory is yours Take me in into your presence. Yes, Father, take me in. Let's lift our hands. Take me in. Take me in into your presence.
is only one thing to be in your presence to be in your presence Lift high the Lord. Lift high the Lord. Lift high the Lord. Lift high the Lord. And come into His presence. Every hand lifted up. So lift high the Should my heart feel? Should you 
where the Spirit would say, this is a new day. This is the day and time to seek me and you will surely find answers to all of your questions. If you'll draw near to me, have not I promised that I would draw near to you? Make sure you keep your mind renewed. Renew to my word day after day and make sure that you follow after all that I would say. Don't be distracted in this hour by all that's going on in this world. Set your face like flint and keep your eyes towards the sky and know that I am raising up my remnant, my church in this hour that will surely show forth my grace and my power. This is a time not to have a defeated mind, but this is a time to rise up and seek me, and you shall surely find. Father, we worship you in this house today. We thank you, Father, for your presence. We thank you, Lord, in your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence is peace. In your presence, Lord, revelation knowledge flows. Oh, Father, we draw near to you, Holy Spirit, this morning. We purpose to receive all that you have for us this day. Now, I know some of you are raising your hands. Why do we do this at Harvest Church? It's a universal sign of surrender. So we lift our hands to you as the Bible instructs us to. We lift holy hands to a holy God. And we say, your kingdom come. Your will be done in our lives, in our families, and in the church. Your church. Father, we thank you for the privilege and the honor of being a part of the remnant church in this hour. Oh, Lord God, we love you. We worship you. And we honor you in this house today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, there's an anointing here today. There's a strong anointing. If you need prayer for your physical body, now's the time to come and we'll pray for you. The Bible says we can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So we're going to pray for you. And I know Scott, you said you went to the doctor and they said arthritis. Well, arthritis is a curse of the law. Jesus is greater than arthritis. Amen. Now, what you need to do is you get your, you get your faith out there. I, I don't heal anybody. Jesus is the healer. Healing's in the name of Jesus. All you have to do is receive. Say this with me. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my healer. I receive today by faith the anointing, the healing anointing to drive out all infirmity in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you today. Lord, we thank you. Arthritis is a curse of the law and he's been redeemed from it. We loose healing health upon Scott in, in the name of Jesus. Father, the whole family, the anointing of God, the grace and mercy of God flowing in the name of Jesus. Father, healing flow in the name of Jesus. Father, bless him. Let healing flow to him this day in the name of Jesus Christ. Healing's in the name. Healing's in the name. Healing's in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name.
Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Let your healing anointing flow. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ, for there's healing in the name of Jesus. The name above all names, Jesus, 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 Jesus' name. Everyone said, Jesus is Savior. Jesus is Deliverer. Jesus is my healer. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. I'm going to go back here pray for your foot. Is that all right? Our neighbor here broke his foot, his other foot. There's no more feet after this. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak healing, health, and total recovery, supernatural healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what, God's moving. God is moving in this country. Amen. And the church is waking up finally. Just for a little clarification, not to damper this, there is a lot of virus around. There is a lot of just flu around. For, for clarification, we are outside of the city limits. So the mass mandate is, is pretty much up to you and I. But I, we just want to encourage you. You know, it is real. Just be safe, be healthy, use wisdom, and take care of yourself. So we just encourage that. But we thank you that we're able to meet. We thank God that we can gather together. Jesus is greater than than coronavirus. So, you know, this year, they always said, this is year 2020 of perfect vision. And, you know, you kind of wonder. There's a lot of dingy stuff going on. But, you know, really... I, I don't know about you, but for me, I, I think I've seen a lot of things much more clear. I, you know, your eyes are kind of open to what's going on in the world and all around. And I was thinking this week about myself. What have I learned about myself this week? What, what has changed in me this week? And I was thinking about um, you start to learn what's really important to you. You know when back in March and April and everybody went into the panic buying, toilet paper was people's biggest thing. And it, it, right now they kind of, it's kind of resurged. I know there was a guy at Lou's Thrifty Way, he bought so much toilet paper, it was this high in his cart and they couldn't see around it to get it out. So it's an important thing. But what I was thinking about was, well, what was really important to me? I'm not a panic buyer. But certainly we try to keep things stored up so we have stuff. And I was thinking about my life, and there were two things that I have noticed that I really make sure I have a lot of. One of them's coffee. i got to have coffee in the house. And the one thing that I really hoard by, and I know this is weird, but it's saran wrap. He has always said I had a saran wrap fetish. And I use a lot of plastic wrap. I don't like glad. I don't like the generics. I get all tangled up in them. I just like saran wrap. And Walmart quit carrying it, and Hy-Vee quit carrying it. So I've started getting this panic. What if I didn't have saran wrap? And But Lou's still carries it. So every time I go to Lou's, I have found that I by saran wrap. Now, I think, as I was thinking about this, I think it all began when I was a junior in high school. My buddies and I saran wrapped the toilets at Monroe High School in the girls' bathroom. And we had a home ec teacher. She was a big, portly woman, and nobody liked her very much. And she's the one that got it. And she got it good, and she was mad as a wet setting hen, and I mean wet. And she stormed up the three flights of steps to the superintendent's office, and she sloshed all the way. And thinking, that was my single best day in all of high school. (laughs) That is my all-time best memory of high school. 
And every time I go back to Monroe, somebody still brings it up. I, it, the whole town lit up. It was so much fun. But I think my whole saran wrap fetish started back then. And it's very important to me. But what the moral of this story is... <laughs> what's really important to you is what you're going to store up. So we realize that a lot of people, the most important thing in their life is toilet paper. Mine happens to be saran wrap. But spiritually speaking, what we store up is what's the most important. People, you know, obviously money. People want to store up money. Their 401ks, their retirement accounts, their savings. That's because that's important to them. And it provides a security. But in Proverbs 10, verse 14, it says, wise people store up knowledge. And I think the one thing I've seen this year and recognized, and I kind of knew it, but it's much more evident. We live in a society that is much more governed by fear than faith. And, you know, it talks about faith is what pleases God. And I was thinking about why. Because faith, the way the world works, faith is what helps us to have good things in our life. And God wants us to have good things in our life. And so faith is important. And and we, the church in America, we talk about salvation and being born again. But I think most people have come to believe all that is is a, a safety belt just to get me in heaven to heaven once I die. But salvation includes more than that. In Galatians, it talks when we're born again, we are redeemed from the curse of the law. And the curse of the law is eternal death, but it's also sickness and disease. It's also poverty, lack, and debt. And so if we're redeemed from that, well, then why aren't we all walking? Because we haven't stored up knowledge of the word of God. And I know when you're young, you don't think about sickness very much. You didn't realize that a virus, a pandemic was going to happen. But it's very important, and I think we need to look at this now and going into next year. Yes, things are going to change, but there's still going to be difficulties and hardships ahead. We need to be storing up faith in our heart for every area, not just health, not just money. We get too logged in and just all the word of God. The word of God gives us how to deal with hardship. And there's a lot of people this year haven't dealt well with hardship. So we need to store those things up. And how do you store them up? Assembling yourself together, hearing the word of God, reading the word of God, studying the word of God, and getting it in your heart and storing it up. Isaiah 33, 6. You know, this... So many people, it's been such a year of instability and not knowing. Isaiah 33, 6 says, And he, meaning God, Jesus, will be the stability of your time. And we wonder why a lot of people aren't very stable. He will be the stability of your time, a wealth of salvation, of wisdom, and of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Another translation of that is the fear of the Lord is the key to his treasure. And that isn't just talking about finances. It's talking about a treasure of wisdom and knowledge and health and safety and faith. So we need to make sure that we store up those things in our heart. Take an extra 10, 15 minutes to get the word of God and go through. And if you're struggling with health, go through the scriptures and, and study and meditate the words the word of God on health and healing or finances or relationship or whatever it is. So um, just realize that what is important to you is what you're going to store up. So do a little inventory on yourself and take time to store up wisdom in those things. We're going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. If you don't have an envelope... The ushers will get you an envelope if you hold up your hands. And we don't always mention this, but we have an accountant that does the majority of our book work. And they do the the giving receipts at the end of the year. And if you want an accurate receipt for your giving, then you need to fill this out accurately. We need your name, your address. Once we have your address, you don't need to do it every time. 
But And then you need to just fill out the tithes. The offerings can go into general fund if you have a special something else that can go into the other ones. Uh, so we encourage you to do that. The offering, uh, the receipts come out in January. And, and so it just really helps us because the accountants don't know who you are. So you need to fill this out. Ushers, you can go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. said, I'm awake, and I'm ready to receive the word. Amen. Amen. We are on a series, and I'm going to just review quickly, and I didn't get very far last week, and and uh, I'm led by the Spirit, and I'll not, you know, make you sit and endure. I'm not an hour preacher or, you know, half hour, 40 minutes. That's, if you can't say it in that amount of time, then. You need help. Amen. That should make you happy. Review. Number one, we need to understand and recognize that we are in a new season. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is in a new era. And the church is not going to be the same in the days ahead. You'll you'll always have a, a part of the ecclesia or the church that's that's religious and goes through the, you know, religious routine every Sunday. But what we're going to see, and I I heard this, Mario Morello said this, and I agreed with it. You know, he says a lot of churches and Christians think that, you know, mowing someone's yard, washing their windows and doing good deeds like that, that's all right. But he says that's not really, you know, the most important thing. The most important thing, Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So the church in the days ahead, we're going to see people healed and delivered. Not in church, you know, yes, in church, but out there, when you get out in, the, in your workforce and you're at school and you can pray and God can move, that's the church. You know, you're the church, I'm the church, not just here on Sunday morning, but you know, Monday through Saturday, wherever you're at. So we're in a new season and you need to wake up. The next thing is the believer is in this new season. He must or she must take personal responsibility to prepare for the greatest outpouring of God's spirit this world has ever seen. You need to prepare yourself for the days ahead. If you're part of the body of Christ, God is going to use you because you have a unique gift. Look at your neighbor and say, you're you're really unique. You are. And you have a gift to share. The world needs you. And you need to prepare for that. Number three, it's going to take courage and obedience to step out in the days ahead. You're going to have to have courage. You you can't, you know, be moved by everything you hear on TV, the news. You need to be led by the Spirit. And the Spirit of God says, do this, you need to do it. Number four, this is what's happening now there's a separation from the world occurring the ecclesia or the church is separating itself more and more from the world i'll tell you what nbc abc cbs msnbc i believe some of that will be a thing of the past 
God is raised, will raise up new stations and new broadcasters and reporters that will actually have integrity and godly character. Then in the church itself, I said this, there's a separation. Yes, there's the church, but there's always been a remnant in the church. If you'll study in, in the Gospels, the, the four types of seed, you know, the seed that was sown in the four types of ground, only 25% produced. That's a good picture of the church today. Only 25% is producing. The remnant's rising up. Now, here's the main thing. Everything the church does in the days ahead must depend upon Jesus Christ. Must depend upon His Word. It's not about Hollywood preachers anymore. It's not about just the mega churches. It's not about feel-good messages that, that build you up and encourage you, maybe for a few days. But if you don't have the spiritual foundation of God's Word in your life, you're going to be discouraged the next day. God is raising up His remnant that's going to glorify and exalt Jesus. Everything in the days ahead, it's about Jesus. And I encourage you, if you're somewhere and they're not exalting Jesus Christ, you better find somewhere else to go. Because it's all about Him. It's not about the preacher. If you noticed um, through the years, we've never push, pushed you or coerced you into giving never have been never never been that way we don't have chili feeds and you know through the years i've had other churches send us information asking for money go figure you walk by faith god expects his people to live by faith and I'll tell you what, we were just talking yesterday. We came out and showed Caleb the church and things that we were doing. You know, that flood, what we figure, was $125,000 without labor. Thank God for working people. You guys worked so hard, even outsiders, total strangers. But right now, she said, well, by the end of this year, we'll be totally out of debt. See, if you're out of debt, you can, you can do something for the kingdom of God. If you're in debt, bound by debt, then you're not going to be very productive. Amen? So, it's all about Jesus. Say, it's all about Jesus. It's all about His Word. Then we said this, and we looked at this, started this last week. God's presence and His Word must be the believer's number one priority. God's presence and the Father's Word, the Bible, must be the believer's number one priority. Now, it's not that we don't take time every day, but I have noticed in my own personal life, after being a preacher for over 30 years, I talk to God more than ever before. Not that I didn't, but I talk to Him. I wake up in the middle of the night and talk to Him. I don't ask him. I just tell him, I woke up and then, I love you, Father. I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit. I find myself thinking about him more and more. I want to see him move in these days. I want to see miracles, signs, and wonders. Some of you young people have never seen God move. We, we came out of the charismatic revival in the late 70s and early 80s. And, and uh, we saw some things. I want you to experience God. So God's presence in His Word must be the believer's number one priority. Number two, the Word of God must be the believer's spiritual foundation. And number three, the believer must abide in the Father's Word continually. Go back to Colossians 1, verse 9. 
Colossians 1. Let's, let's jump for the sake of time. Let's look at verse 15. We talked about the principle of priority. The principle of priority. Jesus Christ must be first. Verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. So if you want to see what God the Father's like, look to Jesus His Son. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him, and He is before all things. He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. Now listen. And He is the head of the body. The church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the what? Preeminence. And simply, preeminence means first place. I want you to understand, church, in the days ahead, in the coming new year, Jesus Christ must be first When you're dealing with your money, he must be first. When you're dealing with your time and schedule, he must be first. It's a fact. One translation says, so that he himself might come to have first place in everything. Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God And all these other things will be added on to you. God is a God of order. We said you won't be blessed by him unless you put him first in everything. He said you shall have no other gods before me. Now, I'll just read it for the sake of time. I'll read to you Jeremiah 9.23. I love that. I've got this highlighted in my Bible. This is so good. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me. So it's not, folks, wisdom It's not might or strength. It's not riches. But it's the fact that you what? Know Him. That He understands and knows me that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. The Lord delights in the fact that you take time out of your busy day and schedule to get to know Him. And I'll tell you what, I'm looking at you and I know you people, you're a hard work, working group. You got children, you got families, you've, you've got businesses, you've got jobs, you've got responsibilities. But I just want you to know, if you'll put God first, all those other things will work out. The grace of God is sufficient for you. We said we need to seek His presence before His presence. In other words, seek his, his being before the things that he blesses us with. Mark 3 and 14, it said that Jesus called his 12 disciples to, to him that they might be with him. Then he sent them out. So what's the important thing? Being with him. We said Jeremiah Johnson said we must refuse to do ministry apart from the place of intimacy with God. Our highest priority is not connecting with people. It's connecting with God. How can we effectively minister to people if we first do not learn how to minister to the Lord? Psalms 27, verse 1, David says, one thing that I... Well, let's look there. Let's look there. I want you to see this because... And then I'll just give you one more example. Psalm 27. Psalm 27. David was so good about making God first place in his life. He loved it, the presence of God. Psalms 27, verse 1, it says, The Lord, David said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came up against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. Verse 4, one thing, everyone say one thing. 
One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. So what's, what's the one thing? That he might dwell in the presence of God. That needs to be your priority in the days ahead. That needs to be my priority in the days ahead. Dwelling in the house of God. Yeah, come, come for corporate worship. But have your own secret place every day that you go to. Now here's a spiritual equation. I wrote this down. Intimacy with God equals revelation of his plans and purposes for our life. Intimacy with God, in other words, getting into God's presence daily. If you do that, what's the result? You will have revelation knowledge of God's plan and purpose for your life. You young ones, are you listening? Think God has a plan for your life? Sure he does. He does. But you got to get into his presence. You have to seek his presence. I told you this years, years ago after I finally quit some of my sinful ways. And, and my father, I, I had told you, I, I woke up. My mom called me and he was dead in bed. It really shook me to my core. That's when I did, a, a you know, a 180. And... Uh, I realized I, I needed to get my act together. And I, I'll tell you, I learned there wasn't anything more important than getting on my knees and praying. And the thing is, at that point in my life, I was raised a Methodist, and then I, I, I came into the fullness of the Spirit of God, but filled with the Holy Ghost and spoken other tongues. And that's all I would do is get in my bedroom. And the funny thing was, I was a great partier. I knew how to have fun. I could tell you stories. I'll never forget, I'll tell you one, one, one story. I had a party, and back then, my God, if we did that what we, and did it today, I'd be in jail. And we had minors, and my, and my mother went on a t- bus tour with her sister, and I was still living at home. My dad had died, and uh, oh, my God, we had a party. There was cars blocks away. The next morning... Um, the neighbor complained because people were urinating behind the garage and their little kids were watching everything that was going on from their bedroom window. And then there were beer cans all over the streets the next day. Someone my mother found out later, but, you know. The funny thing was, she wasn't so concerned about me, you know, uh, the party part, but she was more concerned that I was in my bedroom, shut up on my knees, praying in other tongues. Well, she finally figured out, you know, a while later that there was a call on my life. God brought somebody into my life to, to fulfill that, and, and uh, she saw God's hand on our lives. You know, partying was one thing, ah, whatever, but boy, when I got spiritual, I'll tell you, when you start seeking after God, are you listening? If you're hungry for God and you want everything God has for you and you're going after it, there will be people that will ridicule you. There will be people that will persecute you and say things about you. And you're going to have to be focused because if you want Jesus, He deserves 100% of your heart. God expects that. So don't get discouraged and, and all concerned when, when you start going after the things of the Spirit and all, all, everything that's in the Bible. I'll never get my, my uh, cousin's husband, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, they were Catholics, and he found out he just chewed me down one, one end, upside down the other. And I went home, and I just cried. That same man had a had a, almost a fatal heart attack. I called and prayed for him, and we have a great relationship today. See, the same people that were against you because you were making a move to, to seek after God and the things of God are the same people that will be knocking on your door asking you to pray for them. 
Because they know there's something different about you. Look at your neighbor and say, there's something different about you. Look at Luke 2. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. This is a great... This is about the birth of Jesus. And Simeon, of course, let's, let's start... Well, let's just verse 25. We're talking about God's presence... Getting in God's presence. And it says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. What was he doing? Waiting. What are we doing right now? Waiting. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he'd seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. You know, that's how every preacher wants his people to come into church every Sunday. Not in the flesh, but by the Spirit. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you've prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, and the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now, listen, this is what I want you to see in verse 36. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age. This is this is remarkable. And had lived with the husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about what? 84. Now back then they married pretty young. Think about that. You know. How many years? 60 plus years this woman did not depart from the temple. But served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in at that instant. While they were there in the temple, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Israel. So I want you to see something here. Intimacy with God equals revelation of his plans and purposes for our life. Simeon and 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 she was there in the temple. They spent time, did they not? In her case, years in fastings and prayer and waiting on God. When we sense the election can't wait 30 plus days, 70 days to hear an outcome about the election. And I'll just interject this. We worship Jesus, not Donald Trump. He's the man, but don't get caught up in keeping your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on Jesus. So if you, you know, Simeon and, and then Anna, they spent time with God. And this is what I want you to see. They had revelation of the Christ. That baby, they recognized, they had revelation. This was Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. If you desire... To understand your calling, the plans and purposes that God has for you, then get in His presence. Bottom line. Don't think you can you go to school, and there's nothing wrong with it in education. But my goodness, you know, all those hours I spent in my bedroom on my knees praying in tongues with my mother thought I was losing it. I was praying out my future. See, when you pray in tongues, you're praying out the perfect will of the Father for your life. You're praying out your future. That's why I tell Caleb and Micah, pray in tongues every day. 
you don't know what to do, get in His presence. Seek the face of the Father God. And, and what I found out, I, because I did that, I prayed out my, my next step in going to Bible school, my next, next step in meeting her. It's so important. Let's, let's close with this. Remember what I said when I close if you're visiting? What's that mean? We're going to close. I, I just can't over, James chapter 4. I can't emphasize enough how important it is, folks, to, to spend time with God every day. Keep, get into the Word yourself. Don't try to read 100 chapters a day. Just get in there, and if you can read it one chapter, concentrate on a few of the Scriptures in that chapter. Meditate on those. James chapter 4, look at verse 13. This is where the church is at. Many in the church, not the remnant, though. And many people in the world, this is their philosophy. Verse 13, it says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we'll go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord will, say that, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Don't, folks, don't get caught up in presumption. You must and I must totally depend upon God for our future. That's what I started this morning. Everything in the days ahead is about Jesus. And yes, you might have a desire. God's got nothing against you. You want to go here and go there and have a vacation, enjoy your family, do things. But if you, on the serious points of your life, whether it be your job or your future or whatever, you better seek God. Now, those two, I didn't say it, but I thought it was interesting. You met on the what? He's in Texas. She's here and there on the Internet. I just thought, okay. I imagine if I'd get on the Internet, I don't know what I'd find. I like the old-fashioned way. But, you know, look how it worked out. What was it? It was a God thing. And I know you both pray, and we're seeking God. And that's important. So, young people, listen up. Don't start making plans. Caden, are you listening? Caden, are you listening? Yes, sir. I meet with him weekly and pray with him, and, and God's hands on his life, and he, I get a kick out of him. He makes me laugh. He comes in, and he says, well, I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to do that. Okay. Okay, whatever. No, you're going to do what God has called you to do. And I know your heart, and you will. It's not about us. It's about him. Don't get caught up in presumption. Learn to totally depend upon Jesus. Totally depend upon His presence, His Word, the Holy Spirit in, in discovering His plan and purpose for your life. Let's stand to our feet this morning. I'm so glad you made it a priority to come to church today. Would you put that up? We're going to make some, a confession and a prayer, and I'll let you go. Here's the questions. Are my spiritual priorities in order? Number two, does my fellowship with Jesus and His Word have preeminence in my life? Number three, do I give the Word of God first place in my daily life? Number four, do I actually seek out God's presence? Number five, do I follow after my own plans and desires? Or, or do I seek after God's plans and purposes for my family and my life? Number six, we didn't get into that, but let's look at it anyway. When people are around you, do they sense something different about you? When you're at work, when you're at school, is there people just, they just can't quite figure you out. 
Amen. Now let's pray this prayer. Let's say this together. Lord Jesus, I pray that you and your word would have preeminence in my life. What's out of order in my life come into divine order. I purpose to actually seek your presence and draw near to you daily. Forgive me, Father, for allowing the affairs and distractions of this world to hinder my fellowship with you. Show me your ways. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. Help me, Holy Spirit, to become a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the Master, prepared for every good work. I desire that people would see Jesus in me daily. In your name I pray, amen. Did you mean that? Amen. Amen. Well, then go be different. You know what I love all about all of you? Is you're different. And you know, God has created us to be unique and different. There's nobody else like me. I'm special. Except Brian. Yeah, they say Brian and I are brothers. Well, I love Brian. He's my brother. There he is back there. We don't have white hair for nothing. My smart aleck oldest is here from Carney. So prayer tomorrow night at 7 and Wednesday night. God bless you. Have a good week. Thank you.